Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hog the Mic podcast, a podcast by myself. Uh, my name is Delaney Hogg, for those of you who might not know me. And if this is your first time listening to me on a podcast, thank you so much for being here. I am ecstatic to be back on the mic to have a podcast again. It's something that I've really missed doing, and I'm just really excited to be here. I have a lot to talk about today, a lot to kind of just go through with you guys and kind of explain more about me. I feel like with my YouTube and with my social media, I I don't really get too deep about my personal life, and I think this is a really great way to share some of my stories, share my experiences, and let you guys know that you're not alone in what you're dealing with, and uh, just be a little bit more real with you guys. This first episode is very personal to me. It's something I have not really talked about publicly on the internet or even just to anyone except for a few close friends, so I'm excited to just get to dive into how I learned to love myself again. And I actually hate admitting that there was a time in my life when I did not love myself. And just my journey with self-love is something that has taken a really long time to be in a place where I can admit like, I didn't love myself for a while and I do now and I'm just so happy, but it took so much to get here. And so I kind of went back and forth on starting this podcast and starting over again with this because I truly felt like a failure, but I try to remember that everything in life is something that can help you learn. And so everything that I've learned in my past experiences has gotten me to this point and I feel like I finally know what my voice is and what it's supposed to be and we're gonna dive on into how I learned to love myself again. Learning to love myself again, it's something I absolutely hate admitting that I didn't love myself for a while and I kind of wanted to first explain like why I was feeling down and why I kind of got to this really low place, how I got there and how I got out of it more importantly. So why was I down? A series of unfortunate events, but I basically just went through a series of things that pushed me lower and lower and lower until I was at my lowest. And like, I feel like if my parents or my grandparents listen to this, they're going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? We didn't know you were that sad. Well, guys, I'm fine now. I just, um, <laughs> I think I'm really good at covering up when I'm upset. I'm not very emotional. Anyone who knows me very well or is close to me knows that I'm not this emotional person who talks about things a lot. It takes a lot for me to do those things. But I went through a series of failed relationships and heartbreak, and that is really what did me in. I have not really talked much about my dating life in college and before and after, and that's something I, I never really intended on talking about on my social media, but that's what we're doing today because I think it's going to help people, and I, and I wish someone had told these things to me when I was figuring things out. I went through some failed relationships. Um, I think that what really kicked off my you know, my, this falling feeling, this low that I was in, was I started seeing a guy during my senior year of college. He ghosted me, and anyone that's been ghosted knows, like, it is the worst feeling, especially when you're still recovering from previous heartaches. I think anything in terms of failed relationships just makes you feel like an absolute failure and makes you feel at your worst. I went on a few dates with this guy. I really liked him. I really did. I He was funny. He made me laugh. We went on a few dates. We were hanging out a lot. Things were going really well, in my opinion. And I'm someone that I love very hard. So 
I take things very seriously when I date someone. Basically, I brought him to a sorority function of mine, and afterwards, he never called me back again. And so I went into this, you know, inner turmoil of trying to figure out, like, why would he ghost me? What did I do? What's wrong with me? I think that's something a lot of people ask themselves when they're in a a relationship or when it fails. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, what did I do? And I was just so disheartened and broken over this. And I was going to therapy at the time. I still should probably go to therapy, note to self. I was going to therapy and I was just explaining it to her and I, you know, had this lack of closure. And I did a lot of evaluation and a lot of thinking on why this happened and what was wrong and how things played out this way because I thought I thought things were good and it basically made me realize that there was this imbalance of power and that I had let this guy you know have the power and control in the relationship because he cared less than I did and so in reflection of that I I was thinking about other relationships I had been in and there was only one relationship I had had in my entire life where I felt like the guy I was with loved me more or equivalent to how much I loved him. And so I went through a lot of just evaluation of of those two relationships in comparison to one another. And rightfully so, I reached back out to this guy who treated me so great that I had broken it off with in the past, the one that basically taught me what love was. I reached out to him and... He, I I basically just ended up apologizing because I recognized how badly I had treated him in the past and I was recognizing my faults. This led to me talking to him again, getting feelings for him again, and really (laughs) messed me up to say the least because I let this boy put value on me and I held that value that he thought of higher than I held the value of my own self. Like I I basically put all the self-worth that I had into him and I believed everything that he said about me. And I stopped listening to everyone around me. He was the only opinion that I began to care about. He was the only one that I wanted to talk to. And I recognized the unhealthy patterns that were building in this relationship. And I was in total denial that they were really hurting me so much. Because it was truly one of the most toxic things I've ever experienced. And how could I have been so wrong that thinking, I love this person, I want to be with this person, this is what love is. But in reality, there's so much deception and so many lies here. It's not okay. And I remember telling my best friend about this. My best friend Maria, shout out to my girl. She truly gets me through everything. We've been best friends since we were four. I was explaining it to her and she's like, Delaney, that's not healthy. And I was like, no, you don't get it you're not in it you could never possibly like it's this connection that I have with this guy like I'm supposed to marry him I'm supposed to be with him forever like it doesn't matter that there's some external factors that are getting in the way right now like he's my person right wrong (laughs) dear past me you were so so wrong and I just felt so disheartened because my best friend's sitting here and she's telling me like it's not healthy you've got to stop like you got to cut him off you can't keep talking to him you got like you you're like no it's not working it's really hard when someone's telling you one thing and doing another and that's really exactly what this guy was doing without getting into too much detail that is what he was doing In combination with all of this, I felt a lack of appreciation 
appreciation and love at work at my previous job. Um, more so because of my own ways of thinking than the actuality of the situation, but I didn't feel appreciated and loved as much as I wanted to be. I was not managing my stress well in school during my senior couple, like last semesters at ECU. I went to East Carolina University, for those of you who don't know. I was overworked, I was tired, I was sad, I was not dealing with my emotions in a happy way, and I just overall completely failed to prioritize myself. Like, I was not doing anything to actually help me anymore. I was just, like, going through the motions of being a student employee and going through the motions of being a YouTuber and going through all of these motions of just life of what I thought I should be doing. So these unhealthy habits continued. <laughs> I did this video at the very beginning of 2020 where it was a 30 days of personal training video. This video and making this for my job is one of the only things that kept me sane during this time. Like I did not want to work out, but I had to for this video. And I was just so sad that like working out was not on my mind. I was living alone at this time and I didn't recognize it, but I think that it really isolated me from people that I loved. And I'm an introvert, I'm very comfortable being alone, but I don't think that that isolation was necessarily helpful to me. I gave up my power because I was letting someone else define my value and whoever cares the least has the power. That's what they say in relationships. And I had just given up mine. I was like, I just want to be with this person. That's all I want. Like whatever it takes. That is not a healthy way of thinking. This love that is giving up everything around you it's not healthy when it's with another person and there's a power imbalance there. Um, to make matters worse, I was listening to every sad song imaginable. Like, I would get on TikTok and my entire For You page was different sad songs to listen to, different signs and horoscopes and things like that, and all of them were sad because I was obviously interacting with sad things. Therefore, my For You page was just being filled more and more with sad things, and I was just going down this hole, this rabbit hole of sadness on my social media. I was nothing but inconsistent. Like, I had no routine. I really lost my ways with my routine. If you've watched me for a while, you know that, like, I love to get up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., have some water, have some coffee, uh, work out. You know, I try to be very productive, and I lost all sense of routine that I had. Once this 30 days of personal training ended, you would think that I would have, like, built some healthy habits around this. No. I um, pretty much limited working out. Like I would go run every once in a while, but was not consistent at all. Not that I'm, I would say consistent now, but I would, I would say I'm better and more motivated, which is good. And my diet, guys, I'm ashamed to admit this on the internet, but I would, I would go grocery shopping and buy nothing but stuff to make buffalo chicken dip. And I would literally eat a pan of buffalo chip chicken dip every week or not really every week, but I would literally just make a whole pan and eat it by myself because that's like something that made me kind of happy I guess and like buffalo chicken dip makes me break out and makes me feel gross so like the fact that I was eating massive amounts of buffalo chicken dip I'm ashamed of but I tell you guys because just know that my life's you know kind of crazy sometimes in my spare time I would just binge watch Love Island and Netflix like I was not doing anything and this is more of that isolation of I was living alone I was isolating myself and I was just filling this void with like mindless television to get me through this is all like pre-quarantine. This is in January and February because that's when a lot of this really unhealthy contact with my ex-boyfriend happened and kind of what made me spiral. 
So then I'm pretty much just sad every day. Like if we're being honest, I was sad every day. And I remember I would go home and I would I would just, you know, pray to God that this guy would reach back out to me and that we could break this no contact rule that we were having because I just so badly wanted to be with him. So badly. And I go home because of COVID. Like I go home and I'm sitting with my best friend and we're talking about it. And I find out more information about him that just weighs me down so much more. And this is in March, guys. This is so long ago now, but it feels like yesterday. And my best friend was pretty much just like explaining how I was truly being walked all over. I was on his time. He was not putting me first and things were just not good. Like this summer, I would say was very difficult because I spent so much time chasing this person who didn't even want me, who didn't want me. And I remember just feeling like I was the rock supporting everyone else around me. And so it wasn't okay for me to feel anything because I didn't want to let them down. Like in my family, I'm kind of the person who's the nurturer, who is the go-to for advice. I'm very, I would say, a loving sibling and daughter. Um, I kind of just act as the rock to everyone else. And it makes me fear, you know, if I get emotional, what it's going to do to other people. Because I don't want anyone else to know I'm sad. I'm very weird about that, I would say. Like, usually if I'm upset, like, two people know about it, if that. Like, I'm just not someone that really talks about my emotions except to a couple people. And so now on the uphill, you know, side of things, or downhill, the upside, I guess. Now on the upside of things, what actually got me through this hard time? What did I do that that made my life, you know, take a turn for the better? I told you guys I had this really sad for you page for a few months and I started a note in my phone where I made a list of TikTok links that would help me as kind of a therapeutical thing and as reminders to myself about my self-worth. And there was probably like 10 links on there. And when I thought about texting my ex-boyfriend or when I was feeling unworthy or I was feeling down, I would go to this list and I would watch these videos that made me feel better. Basically, I had this list of TikTok links that was uplifting and I could turn to when I was sad and it would kind of bring me out of it. One of my harder decisions I had to do was I had to stop listening to sad music. I have this playlist still. It's probably 50 songs and it's it's one that it's basically about my ex and I will listen to it on repeat for hours. Like I will not listen to anything else. And I would even go on a run and I would still listen to this sad playlist because it would motivate me to run more. And it would make me sad. And like literally every time I got in my car, I was turning on this sad playlist. Like how is that going to make me feel better? It's not. Like past me. Come on. Get with it. And so I instead ended up making like a boss playlist uh, of like women empowerment songs about how I deserve better and those types of things. And I started listening to it. And that is such a simple switch that I think has provided so much joy in my life because it like really hypes me up. Like if you pass me by in the car and I'm and I'm listening to this playlist, you can expect that like my car is like bumping and I am dancing obnoxiously and you're probably going to think something's wrong with me. Am I a good dancer? I don't know, but I do know I'm better than my sisters and I say that with pride. Thank you, Oakley and Elle, for listening if you are. So I started using my energy towards running and towards things. I actually kind of went on a time of I didn't really watch any Netflix or any Hulu. I kind of watched some YouTube, but I limited my 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 TV intake because I recognized that that's an unhealthy pattern for me where I 
basically will binge watch TV for hours. So I stopped doing that. I started running. I started exercising a little bit more. I'm still not in a place that's perfect with exercising, but I would say I'm getting there. So there was a few pieces of advice that I took in over the past few months from podcasts, from people in my life. I talked to my my stepmom about this a lot. I talked to a few people about these topics quite a bit. And, you know, one piece of advice that didn't really stick with me at first, but now it's something I live by, is what advice would your best friend give you? And also, if they were in this situation, what would you tell them as their best friend? And my best friend Maria tells me straight. She's like, this is not okay. You deserve better. Stop. And I'm like, no, Maria, you don't get it. You don't get it. If a boy treated her like this boy treat me, I would go fight him for her. (laughs) I would literally be like, Maria, if you go talk to him, I'm going to punch you because I know that you deserve better. And the fact that you're not seeing it is making me really mad. (laughs) And it's funny because like Maria and I both, both in relationships of sort, and I see like how this guy treats her. She sees how a guy treats me. And like, I am more than willing to give an opinion every time because I know what my best friend deserves. And the fact that she can't see it sometimes really makes me upset because I'm like, you're my best friend and you deserve the whole world. And the fact that you're letting a boy treat you anything than less than, like, really upsets me. And also, like, she is a queen. She could do no wrong in my eyes. So, like, she is always right. (laughs) Like, I... absolutely have my best friend Maria on a pedestal. She could do no wrong in my eyes. I will fight a battle for her. Like, she's my person. So, obviously, we have a similar dynamic, and that's how she views me. She would never let a boy treat me wrong. She would absolutely fight a boy for me if I needed someone to. And I always like to think of this now of like, okay, if a boy is treating me wrong, if the same thing happened to her, what would I do? Because more than likely, I would fight them. I would I would block their number from her phone. Like, I would do some crazy stuff to protect my best friend. And I just know, like, this piece of advice and thinking about it in a different context really, really helped me. Also, we only have one life. So don't waste it. Do not waste your life and your time on people that don't want you. I was listening to the Call Her Daddy podcast, which is just one that's kind of about relationships. The host, Alex, one day she said, why would you want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you? Like, why would you want that? It's pretty dang simple, people. That's something that's also stuck with me because why am I chasing someone that's not going to put me first? Why am I chasing someone that's going to choose another girl over me? Like, I don't want to have any doubts about the person I'm supposed to end up with. So if you're not checking these boxes, why would I want to be with someone that doesn't want me? I don't. Case closed. Here are a couple more problems in this situation that I just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into. First of all, I'm stubborn. I don't listen to the advice of others. I want to have all the power and control and fix things myself. And I also romanticize things in my head quite a bit. Like, I had convinced myself that this this guy, my ex-boyfriend, I was convinced that, like, I was supposed to marry him and that I was supposed to end up with him. And, of course, now that I'm 22, which I would say is still relatively relatively young, now that I'm at this age, like, you are supposed to date pretty seriously. And I'm like, I haven't met anyone else in this life that I think I'm going to marry. Like, this is the boy that I've loved since I was, I don't know, 15? Like, 
over seven years of really caring about this person and all these memories and all these things, well, time in a relationship does not justify being treated so wrong. That was something that I had to learn. It was a tough pill to swallow. It's something that I needed. Like, time does not justify someone treating you so badly. Um, There were a few people that, that really got me through this tough time. My best friend Maria, who I mentioned before, she was honest with me. She gave it to me straight. She let me just be sad. And, like, I truly don't know what I would have done if she hadn't been by my side for all of it. Like, I know I have other friends that I can turn to. Maria is my childhood best friend, and she also happens to know my ex-boyfriend. So it makes it a lot easier to talk to her about things when things are going on because she knows him well enough to also be able to give an opinion on that. Also, this boy explicitly told me, like, not to tell my best friend about what was going on with her, about what was going on with us. So, um, screw him. That was messed up. Just saying. I was, I felt so alone partially because of that thing that he did. Him telling me I couldn't talk to my best friend. I was like, well, who am I supposed to talk to? So I just internalized things even more and wasn't talking to anyone about the problems I was facing except for him, which made me more dependent on him, which is toxic as heck. Like I can't, like I literally wish I could shake past me and be like, you deserve so much better. And like, I'm just so mad at past me. Okay. I don't know how to like emphasize that more, but like, I'm really mad at her. I talk to my my current boyfriend about this soon which I haven't really talked much about him and I will be slow to introduce him to anything but yes I have a boyfriend he is very supportive and great and he knew I was very open with him because we weren't dating at the time we were more so like really good friends at this time because this was a while ago it was like six months ago now almost all this stuff was happening I remember like I would tell him like about some of the toxic things my ex was saying and I would be like you know I'm just really sad today I'm just really sad. Like, I don't know what to do. And instead of being like, okay, well, let's cheer you up. Or, okay, well, what can we do to make you happy? Like, he would be like, okay, like, it's okay to be sad. Um, Do you want to just watch a movie? Or do you want to go get food? Or what do you want to do? Like, it, well, he wasn't trying to fix me. And that was something that was really nice because I, these, both of these people, Maria and my boyfriend, I never really felt like, Either one of them was trying to like cheer me up or make me stop feeling sad. They just like knew that it was that they knew that I was sad, but they they weren't trying to, you know, fix the problem. It was like, okay, you're sad. Like I can be with you now. That That's it. That's good. I also have been in a very transitional phase of life the past couple of months. As a lot of you know, I've recently moved to Virginia Tech and started grad school here in August. And my boss, shout out to my boss has been so supportive of me in transitioning into this new role, like, and with my health. My boss is an avid runner. He works out a lot, and he encourages me to do the same. And there's this this culture where I work now where I'm encouraged to go to a workout class and come to work sweaty if that's the only time that I have to work out that day. And I get kind of worried because I drink, like, a gallon of water a day, And I was worried I was going to have to pee like every five seconds in the office. And my boss was like, no, I don't care. You should be drinking all the water you can. So like, go for it. And I'm constantly hyped up to be the healthiest version of myself. Not to mention that, but I get hyped up for the value that I bring to the table, which is something that means a lot to me, which I obviously hate saying like, give me recognition and like know that I'm doing a good job and like say it constantly. Like, it's just nice to feel so appreciated and know that people value what I'm doing at work. 
bottom line is sometimes people can tell you that you're great and you still won't believe them. Like, I feel like I'm doing pretty okay in life. You know, I'm in grad school and I I now run a podcast again and I run a YouTube channel and I run social media as a business and I'm in all these classes and I'm making okay grades and I'm working 20 hours a week and I'm I'm in these healthy relationships and no matter how many times you get told like, oh my gosh, you're amazing, how do you do it all? That doesn't mean that you're gonna feel that way yourself and that you're gonna believe what other people say to you. And so I went through all of these motions over the past over six months, like really almost a year since all of this stuff began that got me into my lowest and then got me to where I am now. And I've been told by people like, how do you do it all? Like, how do you manage your time? Gosh, I don't believe them for a second. I think, I think I'll think i still struggle with self-confidence forever. Like, for the rest of my life, I would love to get to a place where I'm sure of myself. And I'm, I'm definitely getting closer. But, geez, just having so much love for yourself is something that's really hard to do. I started treating myself like I loved myself, even when I didn't. I started eating better. I started treating my body like I loved it, like the temple that it is. I started, you know, taking care of myself in ways that I hadn't. Even if it's just finding a routine, like a skincare routine, that makes me feel like I love myself. Like putting moisturizer on makes me feel like I love myself. Getting my nails done makes me feel like I love myself. You know what doesn't make me feel that way? Watching Netflix, like just consuming tons of content all the time, does not make me love myself recognizing what's bringing me joy and what's not has really helped me to figure out what my next steps are in my self-love journey. And I share all of this with you guys today because I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, I went through some pretty dark times and I took it upon myself to fix it. And obviously I was not enough to fix it. It took some very core people in my life and having some really tough, honest conversations to get me to where I am. And even now, I know that I have a lot of work left to do. Like, there's no such thing as too much love for yourself. You, like, I mean, obviously there's, like, being conceited and stuff. And But, like, self-love is not selfish. It's okay to choose yourself. And you should choose yourself every day. And a piece of advice that I always talk to my sisters about is you are the only person in this life that is guaranteed. No one else in your life is guaranteed because whether you've found the love of your life or you haven't, like unfortunate things happen. Deaths happen, friendships end, family members move away, people leave. And I don't say that to get you down in the dumps. I say it to put emphasis on that loving yourself is very important because you are who is going to be by your side the rest of your life. So that those are just some of my thought processes and things that helped me in getting to this place where I love myself again. And I share this in a very vulnerable vulnerable spot and I'm opening up, I'm being vulnerable and I wanna help you guys. So next week's episode will be another vulnerable one. We're kind of kicking things off in a more vulnerable way. Um, and I hope you guys will listen. I hope that you'll follow along, subscribe. And I did make an Instagram for the podcast called Hog the Mic. That's hog with two Gs. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I don't even really know the podcast terminology to like end this off. So I will just say you'll be hearing from me again next week. I love you guys already. And I thank you guys so much for supporting me and loving me and just being this great community that is already something that means so much to me. So bye guys. And you'll be hearing from me next week. Mm